0: chapter 97 of the headless horseman this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the headless horseman a strange tale of texas by Maine reed chapter 97 the chase of the assassin will god permit the red-handed rufian to escape will he not stretch forth his almighty arm and stay the assassin in his flight These interrogatories are put by those who have remained under the tree. They are answered by an instinct of justice, the first negatively, the second in the affirmative. He will not, and he will. The answers are but conjectural, doubtfully so as Calhoun goes galloping off, a little less doubtful as Zeb Stump is described starting after him, and still less when a hundred horsemen, soldiers, or civilians spring forward in the pursuit the doubt diminishes as the last of the pursuers is seen leaving the ground all seem to believe that the last at starting will be first in the chase for they perceive that it is maurice the mustanger mounted on a horse whose fleetness is now far-famed the exclamations late ringing through the court have proclaimed not only a fresh postponement of his trial but its indefinite adjournment by the consent of the assemblage vociferously expressed or tactfully admitted He feels that he is free the first use he makes of his liberty is to rush towards a horse late ridden by the headless rider as all know his own at his approach the animal recognizes its master proclaims it by trotting towards him and giving utterance to a glad weigher despite the long severance there is a scarce time to exchange congratulations a single word passes the lips of the mustanger in response to the neigh of recognition and in the next instant he is on the back of the blood-bay with the brittle in his grasp he looks round for Lazo, asks for it appealingly in speech directed by the bystanders after a little delay one is thrown to him and he is off the spectators stand gazing after there is no longer a doubt as to the result the wish almost universal has become a universal belief god has decreed that the assassin shall not escape but that he will be overtaken, captured, and brought back before the same tribunal, where he so late stood a too willing witness. And the man so near suffering death through his perjured testimony is the instrument chosen to carry out the divine decree. Even the rude regulators, with their practical habitudes of life, still regarding the idea of divine interference, cannot help having the impression of this poetical justice. One and all, give way to it, as the red stallion springs off over the prairie, carrying Murray Stierald upon his back. After his departure, an episode occurs under the shadow of the live oak. It is not this that hinders it from being observed, but because every one has turned face towards the plain and watches the chase, fast recording from view. There is one scanning it with a look, unlike the others. A lady strains her eyes through the curtains of the caliche, her glance telling of a thought within dissimilar to that felt by the common spectators. It is no mere curiosity that causes her twin breasts to sink and swell in quick spasmodic breathing. In her eye, still showing sadness, there is a gleam of triumph as it follows the pursuer, tempered with mercy as it falls upon the pursued, while from her lips, slightly parted, escapes the prayer, God have mercy on the guilty man. Delayed a little at mounting, and more in procuring the lasso, Maurice Durauld is the very latest to leave the ground, on clearing the skirt of the crowd now dispersed over the parade. he sees the others far ahead, a distance of several hundred yards separating him from the rearmost. He thinks nothing of this, confident in the qualities of his steed, he knows he will not long ride in the rear, and the blood-bay answers his expectations as if joyed at being relieved from his inert load to him an incubus inexplicable and inspired by the pressure of his master's knees the noble horse springs off over the prairie turf in long sinewy strides showing that his body still retains its strength and his limbs their elasticity he soon closes upon the hindmost overtakes one then another and another till he has surged far ahead of the field still on over the rolling ridges across the stream beds between on over soft turf and sharp shingle till at length his competitors lose sight of him as they have already done of the grey mustang and its rider there is but one of the pursuing party who continues to keep him in view a tall man mounted upon what might be taken for the sorriest of steeds an old mustang mare her speed tells a different tale produced though it be by the strangest of spurs the keen blade of a bowie-knife it is zeb stump who makes use of this quaint but cruel means of persuasion still the old mare cannot keep pace with the magnificent stallion of the mustanger nor does zeb expect it he but aims at holding the latter in sight and in this he is so far successful there is yet another who beholds the blood-bay making his vigorous bounds he beholds him with beard upon the shoulder it is he who is pursued just as he has began to feel hopeful of escape calhoun looking back catches sight of the red stallion no longer with that strange shape upon his back but one as well recognized as to him even more terrible he perceives it to be maurice the mustanger the man he would have devoted was so near devoting to the most disgraceful of deaths he sees this man coming after his own conscience tells him as an avenger it is the hand of god that directs this enemy on his track he trembles as he asks himself the question From any other pursuer there might have been a chance of escaping. There is none from Maurice Duralt. A cold shiver runs through the frame of the fugitive. He feels as if he were fighting against fate, and that it is idle to continue the contest. He sits despairingly in his saddle, scarce caring to ply the spur, no longer believing that speed can avail him. His flight is now merely mechanical, his mind taking no part in the performance. His soul is absorbed with the horror of a dread death, not less dread, from his knowing that he deserves it. The sight of the chaparral, close at hand, inspires him with a fresh hope, and forcing the fatigued horse into a last feeble effort, he struggles on towards it. In opening presence itself, he enters it, and continues his gallop for a half-mile further. He arrives at a point, where the path turns sharply round some heavy timber. Beyond that, he might enter the Underwood, and get out of sight of his pursuer. He knows the place, but too well. It has been fatal to him before. Is it to prove so again? It is. He feels that it is, and rides irresolutely. He hears the hoof-stroke of the red horse close upon the heels of his own, and along with it the voice of the avenging rider, summoning him to stop. He is too late for turning the quarter, too late to seek concealment in the thicket, and with a cry he reins up. It is a cry partly of despair, partly of fierce defiance, like the scream of a chased jaguar, under bay of the bloodhounds. It is accompanied by a gesture, quick followed by a flash, a pull of white smoke, and a sharp detonation, that tell of the discharge of a revolver. But the bullet whistles harmlessly through the air, while in the opposite direction is heard a hissing sound, as from the winding of a sling, and long serpent seems to uncoil itself in the air. Calhoun sees it through the thinning smoke, it is darting straight towards him he has no time to draw a trigger for a second shot no time even to avoid the lasso's loop before he can do either he feels it settling over his shoulders he hears the dread summons surrender you assassin he sees the red stallion turn tail towards him and in the next instant experiences the sensation of one who has been kicked from a scaffold beyond this he feels hears and sees nothing more he has been jerked out of his saddle and the shock received in his collision with the hard turf has knocked the breath out of his body, as well as the sense out of his soul. End of chapter 97